And welcome to the premiere episode of the Boston Hockey Now podcast for the 2022-23 Boston Bruins season. And of course, joined by my teammate at Boston Hockey Now, Joe Haggerty here. I'm Jimmy Murphy. Uh, Joe, uh, you know, it was a, a more normal offseason, a, a little longer than we've had in the past couple years. So that was nice, but it still seemed to uh, go by pretty fast. And here we are on the verge of another Boston Bruins season. Uh, let's just get right into it. I mean, what are you, what are you feeling right now when you, you've been around the team a lot more than me at the practices and, and, and training camp? Um, what's the general feel and gist that you've got in that dressing room? Uh, I mean, it's it, it, what I'm going to be writing about in the season preview that, you know, it, it, there's a feeling of uh, one last run with this team, that this group is going to be very different after this year. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty after the season. Um, you know, and, and that's why, like, it was normal in, in as far as timeline for the offseason, but not normal as far as how the offseason went, right? They, you know, fired their head coach. They had two of their most important players dangling up in the air, whether they were going to play or not, in Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. Uh, so there was a lot going on that was uh, very uncertain and different uh, about the entire thing. You know, j- going back to Bruce Cassidy thinking he was going to be back as the head coach, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, a week, 10 days, two weeks later, he's he's out and Don Sweeney has to go to his house and tell them that he's been fired after he thought he was uh, going to be safe. Uh, you know, that whole situation felt a bit dysfunctional. It really did. And I think anybody that's been around the team for a long time felt like things were kind of askew for a bit. And, and you know, they calmed down when they hired the new coach and, you know, people were pissed off about Bruce Cassidy being fired, people being Bruins fans and you know, Jim Montgomery coming in and Don Sweeney and the mistakes that he's made and the choice he made to change head coaches and, you know, all that stuff. But you get all beyond that. Things kind of calmed down a little bit. We still had the uncertainty with Bergeron and Krejci as to what was going to happen with them. And they come back on a one-year deal. So now they've got that in place. And then, uh, you know, beyond that, not a ton of changes besides Pavel Zaka uh, coming on board. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see how this group gels together, uh, how much better they can be when it's, um, you know, a lot of the same players. Uh, granted, you add David Krejci to that mix, and he's a big difference maker, I think, as a second-line center, especially with him motivated like Bergeron, where they this may be the last year of their NHL careers. And I, I really think as we go on this year, that's going to be the theme for this season for the Boston Bruins is let's make it a special year for Bergeron and Krejci and Pasternak until he signs his deal, you know, this could be the last year of him until he signs on the dotted line. I know all signs are pointing to him signing an extension, but you know that's uncertain as well. So I think there's a natural sort of um, there's a natural development of of things falling in a row where it's kind of like one last run. Let's make it a great year because we don't know what's going to uh, be here beyond that. You know, Cam was saying at uh, Cam Neely was saying at Media Day that you know they still have Marshan signed, they have McAvoy signed to a long term deal, Lindholm. Like there's all this stuff in place, so they're not going to completely fall on their face after this year if Bergeron and Krejci are gone, and that's kind of part of the selling point to Pasternak to committing uh, for eight years to Boston. But you know, I I, I get the sense this is going to be a good year. I think they're going to be a playoff team. We'll see what happens when they get there, how healthy are they are, how good they are. Maybe they have a run in them, but I really feel like this is the last time we're going to see this group together, making a push for a cup. And there's going to be a bit of a, a reloading uh, of the roster after this season. 
Well, you know, it's interesting. You bring up Pasternak, too, and I'm with you. I, I, Yeah, everything's pointing to him signing right now. It's obviously not going to happen before the season kicks off on Wednesday night. But um, I, I don't think it's any certainty that he's back. I, I still think that, you know, as this season goes on, if he's, if he's not signed by, say, January, let's say by the Winter Classic, okay, um, and he's ripping the league up and he's got 30 goals already or he's pushing 30 at that point and, you know, just really having a monster season. I mean, his agent's going to be an agent, Joe. I mean, we know what agents want. They want the biggest possible contract, and he's going to probably get in his ear and say, hey, man, you, you could break the bank if you keep this up. And I don't know if the Bruins are going to – they keep saying they're going to break the bank for him, but I, when, when push comes to shove and he's asking for, you know, 10, 11 million a year for eight years, which I think he's in his right to do um, – I don't know what could happen. So I, I think it's imperative for him to be signed by the Winter Classic uh, if he's going to stay beyond this year. If not, I think all bets are off, and it's and it's anybody's guess what happens. As for the team, you know, you, you, you said there that not a lot of changes, but the one thing I look at right now, and we were just talking on before we started recording here, uh, is that bottom six. And, and because of, not just because of, skill and who who's good enough to be in there or who should be in there but as you said to me off the air uh the paper maneuvering and the salary cap maneuvering and all that and and we already are seeing Don Sweeney uh having to juggle a lot right now as we speak as we record this he's only 406,333 dollars under the cap uh of course which expected that he's going to put Brad Marchand and Charlie McAvoy onto injured reserve uh, and by that point, if that happens, they will all of a sudden have 15.2 million in cap space, which is pretty nice. But what about those guys going on injury reserve? And what about the fact that on media day, both McAvoy and Marshan walked back their target dates a bit? They they weren't, uh, you know, overly concerned, but they were also, I don't know if somebody got in the ear. Well, I think there's a reason, I think there's a reason for that. I, I don't think it has anything to do with like things not going well with their injuries. I think it has to do with uh, giving Don Sweeney the ability to That's make whatever gonna moves go. he's going to have to make to clear salary cap space. If Marshan says, I'm going to be back by Thanksgiving. All that sudden that puts a gun to Sweeney's head that he needs to get a deal done by Thanksgiving. And I think that's why uh, you're going to see them be vague about it. Uh, you know, they're going to, Marshan's going to return earlier than the timetable. Like that's just who he is. You know, he's going to get back as soon as he can. I think McAvoy will probably do the same thing, but I, I think it's about, um, you know, giving the Bruins whatever they need as far as vagaries when dealing with other teams where they don't feel their mm -hmm. backs are up against the wall when they do have to make a move to clear salary cap space. But I don't even think that's really going to matter. Like, you know, People around the league are going to know roughly when McAvoy and Marchand are, co are coming back and know when the Bruin Sweeney's back is against the wall. Nobody's going to do him any favors and, you know, to make a trade uh, to get salary cap space. I mean, it should be a, a reality to him now, a cold dose of reality. Uh, when Mike Riley clears through waivers, a guy they probably would love to trade for that salary cap space when everybody gets healthy. Guess what? Nobody wants him for free, you know? Yeah you're not going to be able to make a trade for him. You're going to have to give somebody else an asset to take his contract in order to do you the favor of clearing your salary cap space. And I think that's just the the reality right now for Don Sweeney is that and not only NHL. is he going to be forced to make a move, but he's going to have to probably give up a draft pick or a prospect 
in order to make that move mm -hmm. uh, when Marshan and McAvoy are ready to come back. So I think that's why they're being vague about that entire thing right now. You know, I, I fully expect, yeah, Felino Wagner um, and Riley down to Providence to, you know, on a paper transaction, but I fully expect that they're going to have that, the group that they had with them the last few days uh, when they take the ice against Washington. So, you know, is, is it going to be a, a totally different fourth line? I mean, AJ Greer is definitely going to a new phase too. That's going to add an element there. Yeah. And looks like he's going to be a pretty good energy player, but I still think, you know, Trent Frederick, Blanco. Blanco Trent Frederick, uh, Thomas Nosek, Nick Felino, those kind of guys are going to factor into the fourth line. I don't know how diff much different the fourth line is going to look unless Jack Stanika really gets a long shot. Well, I think Jack Stanika is going to be in there, and I also think Lauka could be in there. I mean, both Neely and Sweeney raved about him at Media Day. But getting back to Mark McAvoy and Marsh, and what, was it, what I was going to say is, you know, we're sitting here saying, okay, they're going for one last run. You're gonna, I know you're going to disagree with me, but look, if they're not at 18 wins, 17, 18 wins, which is usually the benchmark for where you need to be to make the playoffs by American Thanksgiving, then they're in trouble. They're in big trouble of making the playoffs because if you look at the Atlantic division right now and how many teams have gotten better, and then you still have the likes of Tampa Bay and Toronto and Florida, Florida got better, many could argue as well. Uh, this is no sure bet for the Boston Bruins to make the playoffs. It, I Do I think they're going to make it? Yes. But I don't think it's it's a lock, and I, I I think that if if they can't tread water for some reason, let's say a couple other guys get hurt uh, between now and Thanksgiving, then then you have to start wondering if if this is a potential non playoff team. I mean, we look at the teams where they've been over the years at Thanksgiving, and if you're not in the mix, if you're not saying that five to seven point under the plateau there you know, outside of the playoffs looking in, if you're past that seven point mark there, so you're like eight, nine, 10 points and so on out of the playoffs, you usually don't make it. We've only seen a couple teams that have made that. I mean, I forget there was one in the last five years, Joe, who yeah. was it that made that crazy. I think it's about like, you know, who made you've, that? Got, you've got about roughly an 80% chance to make the playoffs. If you're, you know, in a playoff spot by Thanksgiving, but look, look let's be honest here. Uh, let's, Let's throw away the talking points uh, for the podcast and actually tell the truth. Do you think the Bruins are going to be more than five points out of a playoff spot at U.S. Thanksgiving? I don't. Like I don't think so even, now. Even if they're missing Martian and McAvoy, Pasternak looks like he's primed for an absolute monster year. Well, he's yeah. a free agent walk year. He's going to explode. He's probably going to score 50 goals this year. You know, Patrice Bergeron may be playing the last year of his NHL career. He's going to be playing balls to the wall every single night. David Krejci is back in the NHL now after playing in the Czech, and he's excited to be back in the NHL. You know, he really missed being in the best league in the world when he was back in Czech. And not only that, he gets to play with David Pasternak every night, who he's wanted to play with for years. And Taylor Hall's in his happy place. Mm -hmm. Eventually, he'll get there with them too, I think, as things go on. I don't think Zaka's going to stay there. But, you know, you put all these things together. Uh, you have a goaltenders that are coming back and should both be better than they were last year, especially Swayman uh, going through the entire NHL, you know, that one full season. Yeah. Like there's there. I know that's going to be a tougher competition in the Atlantic division, but they're not going to be more than five points out of a playoff spot. Thanksgiving. Right. No, we'll not going to happen. I, I don't like that defense without McAvoy. I don't like the way it falls and where it goes uh, without McAvoy. And I don't think, you know, Grizzik, Looks like he's probably going to be able to go for the season opener. If not, he'll be in there Saturday yep. uh, against Arizona for the home opener. But still, Grizzlick's, you know, kind of the tin man. Well, let's be honest. I, I, I like him. I think he's a solid player, but he's kind of the tin man out there. And I think without McAvoy in there, 
a lot of guys are going to have to pick up way more minutes out there. And it's just, I don't like that defense right now as it currently stands. I'd like I, it a I lot worse. McAvoy is that important to that. I'd like it a lot worse if Lindholm wasn't there. I think with Lindholm there, it, it's it's going to be okay. Like if he was not there, I would be very, very concerned about that defense. But he's a guy that's going to be able to play 25 plus minutes a night, play in mm-hmm. all situations, play against the other team's best players. Like he's going to be able to do all that stuff, move the puck. Like it, they're going to miss McAvoy, no doubt. But I think when he comes back, let's say they're an average decor to average to slightly below average decor without him, right? Mm-hmm. They they have the potential to be one of the best decors in the league when he comes back with Lindholm and McAvoy chewing up 25 to 30 minutes a night between the two of them. So, like, I, I just don't think the decor is that bad that they're going to, like, completely have the bottom uh, drop out. You know, I, look, Ottawa's the flavor of the month. Detroit, to a degree, is a flavor of the month. I'm because, not as high you know, in Ottawa as Stevie Y is, is, has made a lot of moves with the Detroit Red Wings, and they've got some good young players. A lot of people are really high on the Ottawa Senators. That's fine. Uh, but, like, you know, and even to, to some degree, people are a little more excited about Buffalo this year than they were before. But, like, look, I, with those teams, I'm going to have to see it before I believe it. Because like, every it's been a few years now where people have been trying to ride those teams as on the come, and it just hasn't happened. So, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see what happens at U.S. Thanksgiving. But, like I said, I, just given the way the, the training camp has played out, given the way some of these players have looked in practices when I've been watching, I don't think they're going to be more than five uh, points out. And then when they get those two back, they're just going to start rolling. We shall see. You bring up Otto there too, though. And I, I'm with you. Everyone's really high on him. And and rightfully so, they should have been until this past week. All of a sudden, nobody's talking about this. Everyone's still raving about Ottawa. You don't have Cam Talbot for the first seven weeks of the season. That's a big thing. Who do they have past Cam Talbot in that? Right? I mean, they got that kid. They got Craig Anderson, don't they? Or no, no, he's in Buffalo. He's oh, in Buffalo. Right. They got uh, they got that guy. He's like six seven or six eight. He's uh, he's really he's 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 a great prospect. But uh, from everything I talk, I can't think of his name. He was in Binghamton last year. But anyhow, they're not solid after Cam Talbot. And, and Cam Talbot, let's look at it. For the past few years, has had a lot of injury issues. So even if he comes back, then he's still a risk to get hurt a lot. I'm not as sold on them as I are maybe on the Red Wings and another team that I don't think people are talking about enough. And they were really, if you look at it, I want to say they're in the top 10 in points in the final 25 games of the season last year was the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. And I think that's a team that they're not, I don't think they make the playoffs, but again, there's not as many free points as there used to be in the Atlantic division. And that's why I think it's imperative on the Bruins. And I'm sure Jim Montgomery and his staff will have them ready to not overlook anyone because let's face it, Joe, this team, even during their heyday, you know, I'm going back all the way to the cup year in 2013. And even during that year when they lost to St. Louis, it seems to always be a trait that the Bruins would play down to their opponents and, and, and sometimes look ahead. You can't do that. You just can't. You have to You have to look at each one of these teams as a potential playoff contender. So we'll see what happens. Um, but looking around the league, let's, let's talk some Eastern Conference, Joe. We've looked at the Bruins. I mean, first of all, you say they're going to make the playoffs. Where do you see them finishing one to eight? Um, my prediction for this year is that uh, the Leafs are going to take a hit. I think the Leafs are falling down uh, the division. I, I, honestly, I think the Leafs might be the team that is in danger of falling out of it, just given um, the goaltending situation, given um, you know the pressure that is on that team. Uh, like guys are going to get fired if they 
mm-hmm. you know, don't make the playoffs, or if they do make the playoffs and they're one and out again, um, I think that's a team that I look at and circle and say that might be a team that that really like falls out of it and opens up a spot for one of these other teams. As far as one to eight, like I, I still think Florida and Tampa are up at the top. Um, I would put the Bruins uh, below them, but I, you know, I, I'd say one. Florida, two Tampa, uh, three Bruins, four Toronto. And then after that, I I probably would put Ottawa next, even with the goaltending situation, because I I do like their young core and then Detroit. And then I'd put Buffalo seven and then uh, Montreal eight. Mm. Um, I think Montreal is still going to be in for a tough year this year. Yeah, I know they made a lot of good moves and, you know, they're building the right way. But like, I think, you know, you say there's no easy points in the Atlantic. That There might be two easy points in the Atlantic for, you know, at least the beginning portion of this year. You know, once their young guys really start going, uh, maybe they're a strong team in the second half. But um, I mean, that's what I think. I, I think if there's if if there's one team to drop out of the top four that's been the top four for a while now and make room for one of those upstarts in the Atlantic division. I think it's Toronto. I don't think it's Boston. See, I'm, I'm, I'm going with Tampa Bay, just based on the amount of hockey that they've played in a... They're goddamn good, though, man. Unless they get killed with injuries, unless, like, Hedman has a season-ending injury or something like that, I just don't see it. Well, I just look at the amount of And their goaltending's too good, too. Vasilevsky's, you know, the best yeah. goalie in the world. You're not going to completely okay. fall off the table when let you me, have the best Let goalie. me tell you why. Let me tell you why. I think Tampa Bay, because of the alternate universe that we've all lived in for the past three years or two and a half years, and the amount of hockey they played in the different odd times when you're not usually playing hockey in, and I mean the summer, basically, uh, it catches up to you. And I think the fact that they were able to make it as far as they did and force a game six last year in the Stanley Cup final is, is just a credit to them and their willpower and their heart. Yep. Because they were, they were going on – they were just – they were going on injured legs, injured arms, you know, out of breath. They, they were tired. You could tell. And they were just, it was just, they were pushing themselves through with pure, pure will out there. And God bless them for doing it. But they're human. And, and all these guys are human. And sooner or later, I don't care how young or old you are, when you play that much hockey in a short amount of time, it catches up to you. So I'm going to say that that's the team that has the potential. I'm not saying they're falling yeah. out. I say they have the potential. As far as Toronto goes, I'm completely in disagreement with you, Joe. I think I think this is this is it for Toronto. They're they're finally going to push through, and I, I'll tell you why. You like their goaltending, huh? I love Samsonov. I think Samsonov right. is a good goalie. He, he he was in a bad situation. He had a crummy defense in front of him in Washington. Okay, and I really think that. And, and he's got a, he's got an all star defense in front of him now in Toronto. He's is that what you're trying to Defense in Washington. I'll no, tell you they that. don't. Yes, defense is terrible. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> it's yeah. Okay, you want to go through the defenses in Washington, Toronto, right now, buddy? I'm telling All you right. right now, Toronto, like Toronto's been run and gun. Their defense has not been good for a long time, and well, here, it continues to be the weak spot on that team. They're soft and they play bad defense. Like that has been the two hallmarks. To say he's going to have a better defense in front of him in Toronto than Washington, I just don't. I don't see it. Well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you another thing I think is going to happen in Toronto that's going to send them in the right direction and get them over the hump is I don't think Kyle Dubas or Sheldon Keefe are going to be there come Christmas. I think they get fired before then, and then I think a new coach comes in and they go balls to the wall for the rest of the year, and I think they take the Atlantic division. I got Toronto 
I got Florida, Boston, and then I'm kind of flip-flopping between Detroit and Toronto in that fourth slot. We'll see. But that's mm-hmm. where I'm going right now. As for the other divisions, I look at the Metro division, Joe. I think that is a crazy wide-open division, too. I mean, a lot of people are going to say uh, Pittsburgh is – they're going to draw the parallels to the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Boston Bruins being in the same situation. One last run. You know, they got all their veterans back. Um I think that is a good parallel, but I'm not sold on them. Uh, I'm not sold on Tristan Jerry. Uh, I'm not sold on their defense at all. So uh, I think it's wide open there. I think the team to beat in that division is the New York Rangers. <laughs> and I really like what they've done. I like some of the smaller guys they brought in, some of the under-the-radar signings. I think the Devils might – rise up the rankings a bit in the Metro division. I don't know if they make the playoffs, but I think that's a team that if they can stay healthy, if Jack Hughes is healthy, I think they look good. They got Vanacek in net there who could be if he's, he's better than Blackwood was. I'll tell you that. So that's an interesting team to watch there. The Flyers, I think, are going to suck. The Islanders are kind of a crapshoot. That's another team who they're very slow, um, but they're tough. They're more built for the end of the year in the playoffs. So if they can tread water and get to that point, they kind of have that team when the game kind of switches and it's not as run and gone and clutching and grabbing comes back that they're that type of team. So I think it's wide open in the Metro as well. Yeah, I, I definitely do. I mean, I, I, I like Carolina. I continue to like that. That's a favorite for sure. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of these years they're going to break through and, and, you know, fi- I think get to a, at least a, a get to a Stanley cup final. Uh, and this may be that year. Um, what about the blue jackets? What do we think of them? I mean, they're fine. I, I think they're you know bubble playoff team. I don't yeah. see them as, as, you know, putting the fear of God into any of those other teams in the Metro. Division. Are they put Line A and uh, Goudreau on the same line? Do we know that yet? Uh, no, but like, that's fine. Like they're going to score their goals. They're going to yeah. win their games. But like, I just don't know, you know, they the don't really have that. enough good players up and down the roster. Yeah, there's you know, no doubt. It comes to shove to really, yeah. you know, make some noise in the playoffs. But like... You know, that division, I think, is in a division is in a time of change because, you know, Washington, one of these years is going to fall off. I think this is the year. I think they fall out. And Pittsburgh is going to, too. I don't know if this is the year that happens. I still think they've got enough pride, uh, you know, to be able to um, get into the playoffs and and maybe even win a round. But like they're on their way. They're a very parallel team to the Bruins where they're at the end of their run with their current group of players. They may be able to prolong it for another year or two, but like hard times are coming for them. Hey, you know what? I know Don Don Sweeney's got a lot of uh, heat over the summer here, and he's been getting a lot of bashing going on. And of course, we saw Cam Neely come to the defense of him in media day saying, stop talking about 2015. But one thing Don Sweeney should get credit for, you're talking about the parallel between Pittsburgh and Boston. They're kind of in the same spot, one last run, right? Yeah. Except Don Sweeney doesn't sign Patrice Bergeron or David Quaichi or both to insane long-term deals like – like uh, Ron Hextall did with uh, Malkin and Latang. What are you thinking giving that deal to Chris Latang at that age? I mean, yeah. come on. That's just asinine, man. He's going to be, he's still going to be playing on that deal when he's 42. That's, that's mm-hmm. crazy. So give Don Strini credit that, yeah, he wants to go for one last run, but he kept the future in his head and he's still thinking about it. What, what's life going to be like after these guys? I'm not going to lock myself into some more long term contracts with guys that are likely you know, borderline end of their career. So I, I was just shocked at that. I don't know how Ron Hextel 
still has a job, to be honest. I, I thought that Chris Letang contract was insane. So I, I think the Bruins are in a better spot in that regard in a few years when they don't have to worry about any contracts like that and they can start to filter in young guys or hit the free agent market or the trade market or what have you. So we'll see. It Joe, won't be next year when they're paying off the penalties for the one-year incentive-laden deals. That's they a good point. Bergeron and David Krejci this year. So yeah. they're also going to be paying the piper next year. So Next I, year for sure, no. but not, not four years from now. No. Uh, looking out west, Joe, uh, you know, I mean, obviously Colorado is still the team to beat. I honestly think they could repeat, which would be interesting, right, if we had back-to-back repeat champs, right? We had Tampa two years straight, and then if we got Colorado two years straight, I don't know if that's ever been done. Um, but I think they're the team to beat out there. I think a lot of people are going to talk about Calgary because they're so revamped in the offseason they had. But I think a team to look at right now, um, if they can stay healthy, if they can get things together, uh, would be, you know, you're going to probably disagree with me, Bruce Cassidy's Golden Knights. The only thing I worry about is Logan Thompson. But you look at that roster, Joe, that roster on paper should have made the playoffs last year. If you're talking about who has the most skill and, and just talent and all that, we're just talking on paper and not what happens on the ice. That's still a very good roster on paper. So if they can convert that onto the ice, I think they have a very good chance to make it back to the playoffs and make a run. I don't think they win the cup. I think they're definitely back in the playoffs and they could push deep into the playoffs uh, if all goes well. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they go out and make a deal for a goalie during the season. We'll see. Well, I was going to say, like, the, who's their goalie? That's really the yeah. you know, question I would be asking about that team. And if you have questions about who your goalie is, that usually portends trouble. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it, it's it's a simple, like, cliche for hockey, but it's true. Like, if you don't have a clear-cut goalie or you don't have some clear-cut answers between the pipes, you're going to be in for – The Colorado you know, Avalanche didn't have a clear-cut goalie for most of the season last year. No, but they had guys that actually played well. And they they had guys that you looked at and said they've played, you know, they've been a number one guy in other places in the league or they, you know, they've, no, I'm talking about the other guys they had when they started the year. You know what I mean? They had some candidates there. That's the thing. Like, you know, uh, who, who is going to be the guy that's stepping into Robin Leonard's shoes uh, that's really going to take over there that, you know, that, that, that's when you start losing five, six games in a row and you can't pull out a win and you kind of spiral yeah. when you don't have goalies that can come up and make plays for you. You know, that's the one thing that, you know, really destroys morale in a locker room more than anything else. If the team is good and then they look at their goalie and say, it doesn't matter how well we play, we're still going to be losing games because they're giving up yeah. soft goals and they can't bail us out when, you know, we make mistakes. So, you know, between that, between some of the injuries that they've had and some of the, you know, the, the way things ended there was very weird for me. Like the makeup of that dressing room, it seemed like there was, you know, weird stuff coming out of there. Like, I don't know if everybody was on the same page. And well, I think it's more from ownership. I, I think that the players are very upset with ownership there that. Well, cause they keep moving on to like new players. Shiny new toys all the time. Yeah, you know, exactly. like, between that and like the dynamic between Jack Eichel and Bruce Cassidy, if, you know, Bruce Cassidy was very hard on players in Boston. And, you know, we know Jack Eichel's kind of a fiery guy. It's going to be interesting to see how the two yeah. of them mix. Yeah, they're either going to be really good together or really bad. Yeah. I, there's no in-between with that. Uh, you know, though, you good good talking about goaltending. I think if we look at one team that everybody's talking about, you know, making a run and getting over the top, 
I don't necessarily think Jack Campbell is the goalie to get the Edmonton Oilers over the top. I no, really don't. No, but I think he's better than Mike Smith. I agree with you there. <laughs> I Mike agree with Smith you there. It's an absolute roller coaster ride. Uh, you know, he always has been. I mean, I remember when he was playing for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and like he like seemed more focused on like playing the puck than he did actually stopping the puck. <laughs> and Seidenberg pretended like skated over the red line, pretended he was going to dump it in the corner. Mike Smith went flying out of the net to go to the corner to get the puck, and Seidenberg and left the open. banged it into the open net. Like he does stuff like that all the time. He's a great athlete, and you know, hats yeah. off to him for still he playing in the NHL. Yeah. You know, as an older veteran, but like that guy was always going to be like Jekyll and Hyde goalie, hit or miss in a big way. Like that is not who. If I had a loaded team like the Oilers do, that is not the guy I'd want between the pipes that everything was resting on. That is very inconsistent and makes a ton of bad mistakes. Even yeah, if he's I'm, still. yeah, I'm with you. So if, I'm going to put you right on the spot before we close it out here. Give me your cup final. Um, I think, I think Edmonton. I would. Say they're going to. Oh. I think. I think they're going to do it. And I think. Look, conspiracy theorist, whatever. Like, the league had to see last year how much noise they were getting in the playoffs because McDavid was just going nuts, right? Mm-hmm. So it's in the NHL's best interest that their superstar, their face of the league, their best player gets into a Stanley Cup final sooner rather than later. So, you know, there, there's a lot of things aligning. It's in Edmonton's best interest, too. <laughs> well, it is. It's in everybody's best interest. You know, like, honestly, like, you you want, in the NHL, you want your best player, your most electric player to be in your, you know, biggest platform event and your most important event. And I think we're trending towards that. You know, whether it's this year or next year, I think in the next couple of years, we're going to see Edmonton in the Stanley Cup final. Because I think also McDavid is figuring out in the playoffs, like what he needs to do to be successful. And he's starting to get it, you know, the way that, you know, Wayne Gretzky did at one point, the way that uh, Mario Lemieux did at one point with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think he's starting to understand what he needs to do to win. You know, and John Tortorella got killed for saying that about, I think it was even last year about McDavid. Mm-hmm. And and kind of the lack of playoff success he had and how he had to kind of change his game. And I think he did to a degree. Like he also yeah, ma- made the playoff change that. for him, right? Like he 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 kind of mixed what he does and, and made the playoffs open up a little bit for him. But I think he also played a harder game in, in a lot of ways to to adapt to the playoffs. So and as we see more of that, I think we're just going to see he's an unstoppable force. And if they even get average goaltending with the team in front of him, I think they'll be okay. In the East – I don't know. Um, uh, I'll give it to the Florida Panthers. Why not? You're not going to go for a uh, Bruins-Oilers 1990 rematch? No, I don't think – no, the Bruins – With Tita Klemer and Glenn Wesley dropping the ceremonial box. Look, (laughs) I'd love to be sitting next to you in the garden or out in Edmonton covering a a Stanley Cup final between the Oilers and the Bruins, but I I just don't see it happening. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know if this one last run is going to run all the way into deep June. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the avalanche in the West again. I, I think the Avs, uh, really, I think they can sack it. will pull off some deal too, to make them even better. Um, I like them and the, and I'm going to go with the Rangers in the East. Um, and I think the, uh, that's a good I think, pick. I, I think the, I like uh, I think that the cup comes back to Broadway, uh, next June. I think the Rangers take it all. So the Rangers over the Avs in the final is my pick. So we oh, shall see, my friend. And, may, hey, maybe we can cruise down to MSG and take in a game if we don't get to see it here. Maybe. <laughs> you know, why not? Why not? Well, Joe, I know you're a, you're a busy man and you're headed off to D.C. 
enjoy the season opener there, my friend. And uh, I will see you around the rink soon. Sounds good, Murph. Take it easy, bud. All right. That's Joe Haggerty. I'm Jimmy Murphy. This has been the first episode of the Boston Hockey Now podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Game on.